Uh, it is so good to have Seth with us. Uh, those of you who don't know Seth, he's one of two young men last year who, who went overseas, felt called to missions, and uh, has come back to say hi and then go again. But that's okay, because that's, yeah, that's part. We've got two more we're doing that with this year. That's, that'll be terrific as well. Uh, before I get started, and I don't have much time, so I am going to get started, but go ahead and put my slide up. Uh, before I get started, this Friday evening, Salt Shaker Drama Troupe in the youth room is putting on a production of Alice in Space, and it's going to be really good and really weird, and I would encourage all of y'all to come to it uh, and encourage them. That'd be super. I would like for you to stand with me, and we're going to read a not very typical Easter passage, but it's really the one the Lord put on my heart. Isaiah 41, 21 through 24. Present your case, says the Lord. Set forth your arguments, says Jacob's king. Bring in your idols to tell us what is going to happen. Tell us what the former things were, so that we may consider them and know their final outcome. Or declare to us the things to come. Tell us what the future holds so that we may know that you are God's. Do something, whether good or bad, so that we will be dismayed and filled with fear. But you are less than nothing, and your works are utterly worthless. He who chooses you is detestable. Father, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your word, for the power of your word, for the life that's in it, for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. I pray that you would touch and anoint each heart, that you would bring life where there is death, that you'd bring light where there is darkness, that you would bring joy and hope where there is sadness and despair. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I am uh, I'm somewhat of a history buff. I like history. I like stories, and, and, uh, and I like history, and we've... In our society, um, we've grown to deify science and kind of dis history, kind of, kind of ignore it, um, ignoring the historical fact that today's scientific fact is tomorrow's, oops, and, uh, and history does have a lot of facts in it. Now, uh, I know that it gets, uh, it gets revised sometimes and it gets twisted and it's sometimes used for propaganda. I've been a pastor for 30 years now. And I'm pretty used to he said, she said. And I understand that there are two sides to virtually everything that comes down the pike. On the other hand, I also understand that there are facts. There are literally things that happen. Now, how, what, people, what their take is on those facts may vary from person to person. In fact, they virtually always will. But they literally happen. We uh, also have been kind of led to believe that anything that has to do with, with ancient history is, is suspect, that at best it, uh, well, at, at, at best it, we don't know, and at worst it's just propaganda. But our God is a God of history. The Lord is a God of history. He's a, he's a God of literal facts, things that actually happen, and and in this passage in Isaiah that we read, he challenges all comers. He says, come and tell us about the stuff you've done. T tell, us, tell, us what, 
tell us what you got. Show us what you got so that we can be impressed, so that we can at least go, ooh, you know, you, you must be powerful or something. And what I want to do today is I want to take just a, just a few moments and I want to look at some historical facts, some, some, some things that the Lord would say if he were called in such a way. And in fact, he often is. And so this morning, I want to start off very briefly with, uh, with a little bit about Israel. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, you heard me talking about the fact that he brought his people out of Egypt. He, they, were, they were in Egypt, they were in bondage, they were not a nation, they were not a people, they were just a bunch of slaves, and without firing a shot, without casting a vote, without any of that kind of stuff happening, they somehow were released from Pharaoh's clutches and turned into a nation. God did that. And the reason why I know that God did that, well, there are a couple of reasons. I know it because... The Bible says that it is, and I, and I believe it. However, there's, there are some very practical things you can look at. There's, in particular, one very practical thing you can look at that would make you know, oh, that must have actually happened. And that is the fact that even today, even this very week, there are millions of people all over the world of Jewish descent celebrating a thing called Passover. Does anybody know why they celebrate Passover? Yeah, because that is the night that the death angel came through Egypt and killed the firstborn, and Pharaoh said, leave, leave. Now, some would say that is the night that that, that death angel supposedly came through. But let me me just tell you this. From, From generation to generation, it's been handed down through that culture to go, we, we eat this meal on this night because that happened on that night. And so this is literally a memorial that God set up so that they would not forget a historical fact. You may go, well, that's so long ago, and there's not a lot of secular history to, to, to back up some of those facts. Well, God did it again. He, he, he did it again. Uh, when they went into, into, into bondage in Babylon, 587 B.C., that wasn't that long ago. Right, Ray? <laughs> It was, uh, hey, those of you, it's, it's sort of a, run, visitors, it's sort of a running joke here. We, 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 we have a man who's older than Wayne Berry, and he, uh, <laughs> and so we, and he enjoys this, believe it or not. 587 B.C., uh, the, the Jews were taken into captivity in Babylon. The Jewish nation didn't exist anymore. Now, Nebuchadnezzar wasn't necessarily going to destroy the entire nation, but they, they got in some mess after, uh, read Jeremiah. Anyway, it didn't, it didn't exist anymore. And for 70 years, it didn't exist. And, well, it's actually about 67 years. Uh, and, and then they were released from bondage, from captivity in Babylon, sent, sent back to their homeland, became a nation again. Now, there's a lot of secular evidence to back that up and, and a couple of things about it. This prophet that we read, Isaiah himself, actually 200 years before it happened, named the guy who was going to release them from bondage and let them come back into the promised land. That's one thing. Second thing is, has there ever been a nation in the history of the world that ceased to exist for seven decades and then all of a sudden existed again? 
Yeah, there has, just one. God did that. Say, well, that was an awful long time ago. Well, he did it again. May the 14th, 1948, that is a date, by the way, a fact. May the 14th, 1948, the nation of Israel came into existence 1,878 years after it had ceased to exist. 1,878 years after the Roman general Titus came and, and, and besieged Jerusalem. And according to, to Josephus, the historian, 1,100,000 people died in that, in that siege of Jerusalem. And over 18 centuries later, after they were totally dispersed, no longer a nation on the face of the earth, they became a nation again. 1948, that, that's a real... How many of you believe 1948 actually exists? Okay, I just, just wanted to be sure. It actually happened, and this isn't about, you know, what, whatever you may think about Israel. I mean, whatever you think of the Israeli government is totally irrelevant here. This is about the fact that it's undeniably historical that the nation, that these things happen to this nation and that it exists now. And it's also unprecedented to the point of being miraculous. This is something miraculous that God did. Now, when I say that, you know, it, it's not about what you think of the Israeli government, the truth of the matter is the Israeli government really hasn't been righteous and in line with God for 2,621 years, which was the last time a guy named Josiah was king and he died in 609 B.C. The Israeli government certainly wasn't righteous in April of 33 A.D. Using the clues from Scripture and the historical accounts from Imperial Rome, it can be concluded with virtual certainty that Jesus was crucified on what we would call April the 3rd, 33 A.D. That would mean that he rose from the dead on April the 5th of 33 A.D. You may go, well, this is the 8th today. Yeah, but it was the first day of the week. And so, you know, that, that's, that's, that's what, we, what keep, we keep it with. I, I was born on February the 1st, which was a Wednesday. But they did not decide to keep February the 1st on Wednesday in honor of my birth. <laughs> it tends to move through the week. And so we don't necessarily celebrate April the 5th, but, but we do celebrate the first day of the week because very early in the morning on the first day of the week is when the women went to the tomb and discovered this thing, this is, this, this is empty. Some will not believe that Jesus rose from the dead. And some people sitting here today may not believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Some people sitting here today may have gone, that was a really pretty good concert. Oh, and by the way, I, 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 I was told in the middle of it, Tammy, the one who, who uh, did the last step out uh, on, um, um, what was that song? Lord, You're Holy. Yeah, apparently she had no voice all week. Is that, is that right? Tell, tell today. She had one today. i tell you that right now. Uh, anyway, uh, where was I? I don't have time to do this. Okay. Some won't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. They may go, well, that, was, that, was, that was nice, but what was that all about? It, and I'll, I'll admit, it's hard to believe that somebody rose from the dead. It's hard to believe that somebody died and three days later, 
they were alive again, <clears throat> walking around on the earth. But consider the alternative. Because it's not like the alternative is easy to believe. Put yourself in the shoes of one of his followers, following his, his crucifixion, and imagine what it would take to pull this off. Imagine, you know, you're sitting there, you're a small group of highly uninfluential people, and you're going, this is a real bummer. We thought, well, you know what we thought, and... And this teaching that he had, man, the world needs this. What can we do but to, to bring this truth to all the world? And so these guys would have had to have decided, okay, first of all, they had to decide, okay, we're either going to attack or we're going to bribe these guards and, and get that body, and we're going to dispose of it. Because the world needs this truth, and what better way to spread truth than make up a lie? And, and the way that we'll do it is once we have disposed of the body, a, a couple of us are going to write fictional works of literary genius. Matthew had always wanted to be a novelist in, in, instead, of a, instead of a tax collector. You know, and John, instead of a fisherman, had a bit of a poet in him. I, I think I can do this. I think I can pull this off. And we'll get people to read our books and they'll, and they'll believe in us, and this will happen. Oh, but when I wait a minute, you know, they may kill us. They may kill us if we do this. In fact, they may, worse than kill us, they may torture us. <laughs> I hope there wasn't a baby in that thing. <laughs> I didn't hear anything, so. <laughs> they may torture us to death. But you know what? Let's do it anyway. Now put yourself in there. What, what in your head would make you think that was a good idea? Seriously. What would make you think we can pull this off? What would, what would make you think this is worth it? You may go, you may go well, whoop, they, they became famous. Oh, great. Who is willing to volunteer to die this morning so that you will be famous next year? Nobody. I mean, that's just not how we roll. That's, that's not how it is with us human beings. And so, on April the 2nd, Jesus had a very busy night. 33 AD, he washed his disciples' feet, including that of Judas. He instituted the, the supper so that we might remember what happened on that night. Sounds a little bit like what his father did 1,500 years earlier. He went to Gethsemane, he sweated great drops of blood. He, he, he prayed, not my will, but thine be done. He was betrayed by a kiss and arrested. He was taken before the Sanhedrin, given a, 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 a bogus trial, falsely convicted. He was betrayed by one of his closest friends. That was... I think that was the hard, the hard day, to be very honest with you. If it had been me, I think that would have been the hard day. April the 3rd, 33 A.D., he was brought very early in the morning before Pontius Pilate. Pilate, in an attempt to not execute him, 
had him flogged, and really the word flogged doesn't begin to describe what it was. Literally, he was beaten virtually to death. A lot of people died from the beating that Jesus took. He was crucified between two thieves at a place called Golgotha, and by the end of the day, he was laid in a borrowed tomb, the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. By the way, April the 3rd, is a real day. 33 AD was a real year. Joseph of Arimathea was a real person. These things literally happen. And then on April the 5th, 33 AD, he rose from the dead. Amen. The siren song of modern life would draw you to your death. But the cold fact of history points to the reality that Jesus died and rose again. And what are you going to do with that? I mean, right now, you may kind of be going, well, that kind of sounds plausible. I mean, you make, a, you make a pretty good case. Thank you very much. It's the Holy Spirit that really has to make a case in your heart. And truth of the matter is, no matter how good a case is made, at the same time, you, you probably got to go to work tomorrow. Or you got dinner to go to today. Or you know, the Masters is on today. Yeah, you got stuff to do. Yeah, you got a life to live. All right. It's a presidential election year. Who's got time to think about this? Well, here's another fact. You may have to go to work tomorrow, or you may not, even if you've got a job and you're supposed to go. There may be a master's tournament finished today, or there may not. There, you may go to lunch, you may not. There may be a presidential election this year, there may not. The mind calendar may be right, it may not. All those things are maybes. But you will either live or die. And that's what's at stake here. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And whoever believes in him would not die, but would have everlasting life. Say, well, I know people who, who believed and they died. No, they didn't. They just went home. That's all they did. You know, I, I, one of these days I'm going home. And, and the older I get, the more I look forward to it. We serve a God who makes his presence known in history. And he not only said, you know, tell us what is happening. He also said, tell us the future things. Tell us what's going to come. Well, what's going to come is him. <laughs> One of these days, that eastern sky is going to be split open. Hallelujah. What a rede glorious redeemer. I mean, the songs that we sang today are going to seem like nursery rhymes compared to the things that we get to do. When we see him, if you believe, you can either take that or you can go back to meh, which is what life is without him. Would you stand? This is, uh, 
Easter, but there's still people who need to be prayed for, so I'm going to open the altar. And there may even be somebody here who you didn't really know or believe in Jesus when you came in. You just came because somebody invited you or you offered to take you out to eat or something. And so you're here. Uh, you can give your life to Jesus today. You may go, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to do that yet or not. I promise you you're more ready now than you probably are going to be in another six hours, 60 minutes probably. Oh, but I hope not. You know, if, if you're here and you don't know him, I, I, what, what I really pray is, I just pray the Holy Spirit will just bug the wahoo out of you, not let go, not let you forget any of this. I have our elders and their wives and staff, if, if they'd come down and if anybody needs prayer today, you, you come. We're, we're going to wait for a few minutes. I know a lot of people got dinners and stuff to go to. This is more important. If you, uh, if you need prayer, you, you just go ahead and come. We're going we're to sing for just a moment. If you don't need prayer, worship one last time with us, please. number of you have probably gone to family gatherings and you uh, may have relatives you may have people at those gatherings who don't believe who don't know uh, 
I'm not talking about beating them over the head or anything like that. People have to make their own decisions. You can't do anything to make them make a decision. But don't hide what you got. Don't hide what you know. Don't be afraid to say this is, <laughs> this is the day he rose from the dead. Don't be afraid to say that. He really did. He really did. Raise your hand. We give you a blessing. With the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent his Son into the world so that we might have life, so that we might not die. May that life, may you be full with that life. May it be overflowing and rich in you. And may it make those around you jealous to know the beautiful Jesus that you know. In Jesus' name, amen.